Welcome to edition 97 of McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCrady. That is Tyler Siski. What it is. How are you? Yeah, this new setup's got me thrown off a little bit. I know you, you're you you're on it. You got it all figured wow. out. <laughs> that, that, is, that is not true. But uh, we're here I feel, hey, can I on, on time today, like, oh, like only five seconds late. Yesterday, we were 20 minutes. This morning, it was an hour and a half on a different deal. But I feel like a very bad friend. You know, there's this is one thing I, I can't I can't help you with. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. I'm just here for emotional support. That is true. And sometimes that's hard because you don't want to hear my emotional support because you don't know if I'm being a smart ass or not. That is true. <laughs> so far, so good. So uh, that is Tyler Siski, hey. former Alabama personnel director, former Ole Miss recruiting coordinator, former South Alabama wide receivers coach. I'm just Neil McCready. I'm not a former <laughs> anything. I'm not. I'm a nobody. But uh, welcome into the show. We got a lot of things to get to today. It is a show that is brought to you uh, each and every day by our friends at Rain Total Body Fuel. Uh, make sure you check them out in uh, grocery stores, convenience stores everywhere. 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Dude, I'm rocking with the uh, Kiwi blend today, the Rainstorm Kiwi blend. Um, this this is – so Bob, our guy at Monster, when he he said this is the best seller, right? Yep. And when I – I was like, I tried it, and I was like, okay, I, I like the peach. But, dude, I stuck with the kiwi, and, dude, I, I think the kiwi may be taking over for peach for me, man. I mean, she's challenging the lead. We got Red Dragon. You know yep. you know what Thursday is, too. It's the first of the of this year, year two of Make It Rain Thursday. Right. We'll, we'll be bringing in the hard stuff yeah. that you have right there. Yep. But the uh, rainstorm is where it's at, man. This, it'll get your mind right, get your focus and uh, about 45 minutes in, we'll be canceled. So it's good stuff. <laughs> it is um, It is hot out there today. Oh. So if you're, I mean, it is unbelievable. It is, it is, I always feel stupid saying this every August because we do this every <laughs> August. Like You said it's hot in August? <laughs> well, but you're like, why do we do this? Like, it's got to be. I, I don't know, man. I guess when, I, and probably our friends in like Wisconsin or Minnesota every January, they're like, why do we do this? But man, it it is. Would you rather it's a scorcher be, out there today? Would you rather it be like this or be up north where it just snows for months and months at end? You know, I think it's one of those deals where wherever you are, it's the grass is a green, greener thing. Probably you, you probably think, man, I would love some cold weather. I'll never complain about the cold. And the people that are up there would be probably like, I would never complain about heat. And the truth is, you get to a place where it's too cold or it's too hot. There is such a thing, and. We're in too hot right now, and <laughs> I've been up, I've been up there before when it was man. This is just too cold. Oh, all right. I would like to start with this. I'm going to take my crack at it because we have some some people that are struggling with this concept. I want to explain it to the to the fans. Oh, okay. I know where you're going. All right. So, uh, I got to do this with Home Visit a couple of years ago. When you start a new network or new podcast, Apple is the last thing that will get approved from a podcast standpoint. Right. Spotify. Uh, SoundCloud, all that stuff that they use is goes by really quick. You get accepted real I mean, like day of, and you're good to go. Apple takes a takes a minute. Um, as soon as Apple does their thing, um, it will be up on Apple Podcasts just like everything else. Right now, you can find it on Spotify, which I would encourage you if you want to listen to it on podcast form. It's very easy to use, easy to find uh, there. Well, um, as someone who was once an Apple Podcast person, 
right. who switched me too who switched to Spotify yeah I prefer Spotify now I know there are people out there and I've, I've explained this to people and I don't mean this as a criticism there are people out there that once they just get used to something that's the way they are and so we're going to get it on Apple it's going to be there uh, it's kind of like my pinto beans man you know, I like mayonnaise in my pinto beans. Yeah. And I just can't eat them without my mayonnaise. I, I just don't want to talk about this right now. I mean, <laughs> things that piss Neil off for 200, Alex. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> How much would I have to pay you to eat pinto beans with a scoop full of mayonnaise in them? I mean, a lot. A lot? A lot. Okay. Yeah. I'd... Could it, could I come up with a cost? Could I, could I, well, can you be bought to, to eat mayonnaise? How much would I have to pay you to know. give you a spoon and a jar of mayonnaise, and you have to finish that jar? Oh, there's no, I don't. I don't think you could get to that number. A billion dollars. I mean, I'd do it for a billion dollars. That <laughs> much I wouldn't do for a billion dollars. So what you're saying is, yeah, but it, I mean, you wouldn't like. I wouldn't do it for. I wouldn't. If you wouldn't come to me like, here's a thousand dollars, do it. I wouldn't do it. Pitch Law says live stream on Spotify. Um, I, I had to talk to our good friend Joe Rogan over at Spotify, see if he can get that worked out. I don't even know how that works. I don't know how that works. I know Rogan. I haven't seen it. Though. I know Rogan does it. I know that uh, Breaking Points does it. <laughs> I think you have to be under contract with Spotify, right? But I, I would think you had to be under contract with them. I would, I would think. I don't know that though. We'll we're see. almost there, Rogan. We're approaching Rogan numbers, so yeah. it'll, it'll be close. Well, it shouldn't be like there uh, very long. All right, let's jump into this. You and I were talking about this. The speaking of Rogan, I'll say this real fast. <laughs> There are rumors out there that Joe Rogan's going to get Donald Trump on his podcast, and if that happens, they will break the internet. I mean, that is that is not that's not political statement. Joe Rogan and Donald Trump for three hours would break the internet. It's actually sponsored by the Biden Harris twenty twenty four campaign. I don't know if you know that or not. I had to get the first one in, right? They would they would be crazy. I had to get the first one in. I think we might have some Biden Harris twenty twenty four sponsorship deals in this in this episode today. Um, all right, so. NFL preseason yeah. kicked off last night. Well, not kicked off. That about, is not true. That's about how I feel about it. It kicked off last night. Um, I watched the first, I don't know, five minutes until I figured out who was playing, who wasn't playing. And then I became curious at the end of the game. Dude, these guys at Vegas are pretty good, man. So the line was the Ravens minus one and a half. Yeah. The Ravens were up by two on the last drive. I'm like, I get, like, I could probably go to Vegas and especially in college, you give me three weeks. It, I need to watch everybody play. I can get the lines pretty good. I could set lines. Preseason, I have no idea. Like, what are you doing in preseason? Like, how are you setting the lines and, and that good during preseason? Well, well, you don't know who's going to play. Well, but, but they do. Vegas knew. Vegas Vegas has – come on. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, there's no research on, like, who's shitty players or better than this team's shitty players. Vegas has that. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, they're, they're really good. That's you, impressive. I know you've been to Vegas because I've been to Vegas with you. They are very good. Those those buildings. <laughs> they missed. By gosh, they missed that Florida Oregon State game though. <laughs> that's the one they missed. They didn't. They didn't know the one that was in their own hometown. Yeah, that's true. Because they got they thumped me upside the head. Oregon State pounded them. Yeah, well, that was Billy was playing like with my sister's kids and stuff. All of his good players were gone, or he kicked them off the team. So he yeah. was starting over. But okay. they had like the nineteenth string quarterback out there playing, and it was bad. Um, but Vegas is good. And I would like to welcome everybody to the McCready and Siski curse because we talked about the Ravens winning 24 straight games in the preseason. We mentioned it one time and they got their and they got beat. They got yep. walked off on. Yep. So the problem is I didn't bet any money on it. I just talked about it. So I'd have to if I put money on it, I'd be okay. But um yeah, they lost. How about that? They it was actually all kidding aside, it was the first time I watched a preseason game at the end. I was actually kind of watching it. Uh both teams were trying to win the game at the end. So that was kind of 
okay, got a little juices flowing at the end of the game. <laughs> Baltimore was running like legit defense. They were going cover zero and mixing up the packages. And uh, you had Jake Jake uh, from State Farm uh, was playing quarterback at the end for uh, the uh, commanders and trying to go after it. Well, this is that last kind of preseason game where you you start putting some guys in some situations to see how they could handle it. Because the guys that are still in camp, they either have a shot to make your team or they have a shot to make your practice squad. You're, yeah. You've got hard cuts to make. These are these are those cuts that that you anguish over as coaches, not just because of the people that you're cutting because you've been around them, but because, hey, you don't want to make a mistake here and cut somebody who gets picked up by another franchise and in week six they beat you. Yeah, it's – uh. Well, they'll go down this next week. Thank goodness, this last weekend. The thing that I do, you know, they, they leave more guys in camp now, but they give them an extra week. They cut. They didn't change the schedule. They just give them an extra week between the end of the uh, preseason to the start of the regular season. And because that's a lot of dudes to cut, man. You're almost yeah. cutting half your team yeah. after next week, and then you got to pick up guys. And even if you make the team and you don't get cut, if you pick up somebody from another team, you have they have to go on the fifty three. So you're going to have to cut another player. So it's not going to be over when cut, initial cuts are made, and they, they get time to work that out. All right. Um, I didn't know if you saw anything about this. We actually talked briefly about this a couple of weeks ago, and Ursay's the owner of the Colts, been very public where he's not trading uh, Jonathan Taylor. You know, he talked about even putting him on the uh, NFI non-football injury list a couple of weeks ago. Basically, they came into – people who are new to the show, they came into a stalemate basically – uh, with contract discussions, um, and he was saying, fine, I just won't pay you and you won't play this year. And there's been this, he leaves camp, he comes back, all the stuff. But the Colts granted him yesterday after, as of late as of this weekend, Ursay comes out and says, we're not trading the guy. Um, and yesterday come out and, and allow him and his agent to seek trades. Um, thought that was very interesting on both sides. Um, the big thing there here, though, is that for the fans to understand this. He's on his last year of a rookie deal. All right, he's owed $4.3 million this year, and he is not healthy. Okay, so for any team to trade for him, they're going to have to rework his deal because you're not going to bring in a guy that's not healthy and paying $4.3 million to sit on the bench. All right, so. What's his health situation? He's got an ankle <clears throat> um, that from um, last year that he had surgery on. And then he's got a, uh, I believe it's a back injury or some kind of other injury that he allegedly hurt uh, lifting weights in the offseason. So, but he's not 100%. Um, he did go, he was at spotted at practice today in uh, street clothes, you know, which he's been gone. Um, so he's been there. But it's just very uh, interesting because I think the Colts are going to do to him what basically the uh, Chargers did with Austin Eckler. They're going to say, all right, big boy, you think you get all this money, go out there and see that you're not going to be able to get that money. Um, so it's just sad, man, because he's, he's one of the best running backs in the league, and, and it's just going to go to nothing. This is this reminds me of a, a Le'Veon Bell situation with the Steelers a couple of years ago, where he was on top of his game. They get in a contract dispute. All right, good luck with you. Goes finds a, a team, hops on the Jets for a year, and he's out of the league. I mean, has he paid attention to the rest of the running back? Apparently not. Situation. It's fr it's frustrating because the kid's talented. I mean, this is where it's about representation. Someone around him 100%. has hundred percent. Someone around him has to say, "Hey, listen, um, I don't know if you paid attention to Saquon Barkley's situation. I, I don't know if you've." Kept an eye on Austin Eckler's situation. You, this is this is not just about you. This is sort of industry wide, if you will. Well, his problem started, I guess, in March when he hired a new contract agent. That's when all this started, and it's just gone downhill since. And and he's he needs to find better representation. It's just terrible. It's a bad thing for the kid and all that stuff. Were you surprised that uh, 
Baker Mayfield got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers job? No, not at all. I like, but I'm I'm definitely in the minority here. Okay, definitely. I hand raise guys. I know y'all can kill me all you want to. I like Baker Mayfield. I just don't think he's a playoff quarterback. Well, how many are? About twelve. So he's yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I I don't I don't hate on Baker Mayfield. I, I know everybody's like, well, this guy they can't do this. What whatever. I mean, he's better than Kyle Trask. I know that. What does it say about Kyle Trask? I mean, is he a bust? No, I mean he shouldn't be a bust because he wasn't drafted very high. I mean, it wasn't like he was. You're not counting on the guy to be a first round, you know, talent. I mean, he just is who he is. Um, I wasn't. Kyle Trask is a backup quality quarterback in okay. the NFL. That's who he right. is. Okay. Um, Baker Mayfield is a starter. Now, is he going? Is he the best quarterback in the league? No. Is he even in the conversation of the best quarterback in the league? No. But he is in a division in the NFC that really has really bad quarterbacks. So if you start breaking out AFC, NFC, he's not as terrible as you think. All the good quarterbacks, for the most part, are in the uh, AFC anyway. I always liked this commercial in Cleveland when he was in the yeah, stadium. Man. Those are good commercials. People, um, people ripped on those commercials. I kind of thought they were, they were, they were, they were good. He is hated on a lot. He yeah. gets hated on a lot. I'm one. I, I guess I don't know why. I just don't see it. I don't know why people hate on the guy. I like him. Um, I like him as a quarterback. I like, I like his demeanor i like everything about the guy uh sad thing did you see that his uh 12 million dollar lawsuit that he's got going on with his own family no i did not see that so he has invested uh, uh 12 million dollars into a company run by his family and uh can't account for the money oh. so that happened yesterday and then he gets named the starting quarterback today been a been a been a 24 hours for my good friend baker mayfield you know, Rosillo does this. It's it's something I want to do on this show at some point. We'll have to come up with a different name. But Rosillo, Ryan Rosillo does on his show Life Advice, which I think is brilliant as an idea, and I love listening to it. It's funny. Don't do business with family. It's tough. Don't do business with family. You think about it. All these NFL guys. Because a lot of business fails. Yeah. Right? And, so, and, and business involves money. And if everybody's not open and transparent about everything from the very get-go, if it fails, people are going to get their feelings hurt. Oh, yeah. And I don't know all the details about this and $12 million, but. As somebody who started a business, $12 million is a lot of capital to start with. Yeah. So I don't know what kind of business it was, but holy smokes, $12 bucks. So maybe y'all can help us think of a name for what we could call that. We'd make it a segment on our show. Maybe we'd find a sponsor for it, but something along the lines of life advice. McCready and Siski, 2024 Common Sense Party. Because we're both kind of, you'll get to know us, those that don't know us. We're both pretty common sense guys. There's some stuff happening in the world today that I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, hey, no, no. I mean, there's stuff that's happening today that's going down that you're like, whoa. Here we go. Hey, here we go. And, I, <laughs> and hey, this time, I'm not going. <laughs> never went i went briefly no you did I, well, I did at first at first in march of 2020 i remember <laughs> i remember going and getting campbell my daughter campbell i just graduated from the university of arkansas i drove You're just giving her a ride i drove to fayetteville i got her i remember helping her move out of her dorm in march of 2020 she was devastated and i was telling her hey it's just gonna be for a few weeks it's gonna be okay we just got to do this hey this is this is dangerous they're t- they're all telling us it's dangerous and so here we are, three and a half, three and a quarter years later, and they're hinting at it. 
And all I can say is no. And if enough people say no, it won't happen. There's your common sense. No. Just the answer is no. Well, you can't fly unless you wear a mask. Well, then I won't fly. I mean, it's pretty simple. You just say no. And if enough people say no, like you can't come into the store unless you're wearing a mask. Well, I'm going to tell you, if hundreds of people walk into the grocery store without a mask, they're not going to do anything. They're just going to throw their hands up and go, okay, whatever. We didn't do that the last time. And hopefully there's not a next time. But like there's some school in Atlanta that's already reinstated. This is Atlanta, Georgia, not Atlanta, Minnesota, Atlanta, Georgia. We're going down that road. Listen, you you don't start down this road. That's a road that you get up to the top of it, and you're like, hey, here's where this road is. And you go, okay, I, I, need, a, I need a detour. Hey, you never start Wilson, down the road. Did White Wilson know, would you wear a mask every day for a billion dollars? No. For a no. billion dollars? No. For the yes, you would. No, for the principle of it, I would not. For a billion dollars? For the principle of it, I absolutely Neil, would not. I'm no. your friend. No, I'm I would just kick your you. ass if you turned down a billion you. dollars to wear a mask. Every day for the rest of my life? No. A billion dollars? No. I, absolutely not. Because of what those things signify. Absolutely not. It's easy for me saying it. I drop, hey, I pull up on them dump trucks out there with $100 bills in it. You'd be like, where's my mask? <laughs> no, I'm totally serious when I say this. Um, no. The, I would. <laughs> the, what, those things, what those things signify now. No, I would not. So there you go. You almost allowed me to finish my whole reign. And I, I was purposely not trying try not to finish it. All right. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, you see what you started today? This is Baker Mayfield's fault. Just I'm giving him some advice. And while Baker we're giving Mayfield's advice, fault. I'm just going ahead and getting way out in, in front. All right. Wanted to talk about this yesterday, and we didn't get to it. We had some technical issues yesterday. Yes. <laughs> we got behind a little bit. And I'll be damned. And I, it would have been a great time, and we'll talk about it today. I can vouch for you that you were planning to talk about it. Yeah, it was on the list. Yeah, it was on the list. All right. Um, Missouri, uh, state law and NIL. Um they are at a massive, massive recruiting advantage with in-state kids. The reason we're bringing this up is that there are other states that are trying with their state government to get that law passed. And here's basically what it is. Is when you're with, in Missouri, and you're a high school kid, if you sign, um, they call it commit, but once you, they say the word commit, and that's what the NCAA uses, but what they're talking about is basically if you sign a, a grant aid agreement, with the university while you're still in high school, what you can do that allows you to receive NIL money from the collective or wherever, right? Yeah. Starting like August the 28th or September 1st. It's very, very soon. Yeah. So, and these dates are getting pushed back, right? So it's going to be sooner and sooner, right? Or later than later. So what happens is a kid can commit, sign the grant aid agreement. I think it's August 1st now, Um, but I'll have to go back and look. They change the freaking date every five minutes. Um. But as soon as they sign that grant aid agreement, they can start receiving money. Now, let me explain what a grant aid agreement is because people are going to be like, what's the difference? Okay, when a player signs with a university for a scholarship, he signs two uh, documents. Okay, he signs a national letter of intent or NLI, Mm -hmm. and then he signs a grant and aid agreement. Okay, the grant and aid agreement binds the school to the kid. Right. All right. Right. The NLI binds the kid to the school. So essentially, when you sign that grant and aid agreement, and you can do it in advance, when you do that, all that's saying is, is that school, if I decide to go there, they're putting me on scholarship. Right. All right. Now, this has been around for a while. Okay. I've been involved with a couple of kids that you used to get be, remember how I'm pretty good at the gray area stuff? 
Yeah. If I thought it gave us a recruiting advantage, you could get a kid to sign a grant and aid agreement with your school. And what that did, it lifted a bunch of these recruiting restrictions. Once they, once you sign a grant and aid agreement, then you could do things. You could go do home visits that were out of season. You could text and phone calls and all the things that the communication rules where other schools couldn't. Right. All right. Um, I remember one in particular was uh, maybe one of the last ones I did was with uh, offensive lineman we we signed at Alabama named Matt Womack. That's from uh, North Mississippi. Okay. All right. <clears throat> well, he signed one with LSU as well. Oh, I remember that. And he signed, and the NCAA they came out and said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Now look, y'all can sign them." Y'all had a kid at Ole Miss that signed one with like five or six schools, right? No, I know who you're talking about. That was I was at Alabama when he that was the safety from Meridian. From Meridian, yeah, he signed a bunch of schools. But <clears throat> so I'll tell you his his story in a second. Okay. All so, right. but with Matt, LSU was going full tilt, right? Recruiting the kid, and you know, going. I remember. They had a head coach go visit and things like that. Well, if he doesn't come to your school, you are now punished for those actions that you did. Those become violations. Those becomes violations. Yeah. And and they did. And they got, they got you know, it can't go out so many days or whatever. They got some secondary violations or whatever. So it's going to kill me. Uh, the kid ended up coming to Ole Miss. Um, it was a safety from Meridian. It's killing me. Um, Hampton. Kid. Yeah, Maurice Hampton. Not Maurice. CJ. CJ Hampton. CJ Maurice Hampton. Hampton's MUS. All right. <clears throat> CJ Hampton. So CJ was signing a bunch of grant and aid agreements around. And so we signed him just to, cause we were still recruiting him. We signed him to one, but we never did anything that would constitute oh, okay. going to be a violation. We more did it to say, yes, we're still interested, but we didn't do anything. And I think that's what the other schools did too. Yeah, cause he was, signed one with like Mississippi state or Auburn or Alabama. I can't remember which Arkansas. I think there were two or three others that he, he signed with. Cause this was before the early signing day. Yeah. So by the time that he signed it, I want to be like it was December. We're already think, in contact. Period. I think that's right. So there was nothing really we could have done besides go see the kid at his house in the dead period in December or something, you know, that would have broken anything. But he signed one with a bunch of schools. Uh, but anyway, long story short is they're getting these kids. They're signing them in-state kids. But, and this only applies to Missouri. Okay. I bring this up because I had it down yesterday. And by the way, People keep criticizing Missouri for this. No, listen, doing, I'd be doing it too. Kudos to them. I mean, they've got a they, there's a a loophole basically that probably will get closed sometime soon. Right now, there's a loophole that's wide open, and they're taking advantage of it as they should. I would be doing it too. Like you have to, of course, you have to do in recruiting. It'd be a dereliction of duty if yeah, you didn't do it. We talked about it last week. My job was to find rules. I'm a, I'm a, I want to tap dance all along that line. You got to get in the gray area. That's the only way to succeed. Because you have to do something different than everybody else is doing. All right. So going back, so Juju Lewis, all right, is the 26 quarterback from Carrollton, Georgia. 2026, meaning he is a, a sophomore. Sophomore in high school. Okay. Okay. All right. I literally, this is wild. Okay. I'm sitting there, it just all came together. This is yesterday. So yesterday morning, uh, Clay Carter in our office, I go in there to talk to him, and he's cutting this game up and they, and so this past weekend, Carrollton played Langston Hughes. All right. One of the most well coached high school football games I've ever witnessed. I was like, Holy smokes. I'm talking about like, re, I mean, big time coaching going on. Great schemes being run. It's a high school level. It was on TV and all that stuff. I walked by and I was like, Oh, this is the kid. He's got a bunch of offers. I really had not, he's a freshman last year. I really hadn't studied him. I said, Oh, this is the kid everybody's talking about. 
Neil, the first throw I'm watching, Langston Hughes is in cover two. And I'm like, oh, man, what a great – I'm sitting there going, man, that's like real cover two. I mean, that's great drops. That's every, I mean, they was doing it perfectly. This kid stands in the pocket and throws the most beautiful hole throw I've ever seen a high school kid ever do. Like, that's hard for college guys to do. He made it look just stupid easy. And I started watching this kid. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, this guy could play, like, right now. Like, it's scary. Well, then the conversation comes up, and they said, that's why I wanted to talk about it yesterday. It goes, that's why Georgia's trying to get the rule passed. They're trying to keep this kid at home. The law inside the state of Georgia. Yeah. So that they can, they can get this go kid. ahead and start paying him. Well, guess what happens this morning? My man commits to USC this morning. This morning, after we wrote that. He well, that'll be to, the end of his recruiting. Everybody will back yeah, off now. Nobody's going to recruit him anymore. <laughs> it's over. He's never going anywhere. But, like, this kid's the real deal, man. I was like, look, with quarterbacks, I can't I – can't, because I've had good ones to compare him to at, the, at that age. Like, they either got it or they don't. This kid's got it. I mean, I was like, wow. Like, give, me a, give me a comp. I can't. They don't exist. Caleb Williams. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the well, guy's, I'm asking. I, the mean, guy, I, I hate comps. You know that. I know um, that. He's really good. That doesn't mean I'm not going to ask for it. If he's not the number one quarterback, he's the best one I have seen in that class so far. Yeah. I have not seen them all, so don't freak so in other words, if, he, if he's not the best one, that the, whoever I'll the be best shot. one is, is really one, good. one hell of a player. Like this, this guy's like arm talent is like I can't miss arm talent. Okay. I'm talking about accuracy, arm strength, timing, touch. He check, 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 checks all the boxes. He's like six foot, I think he's six foot, half inch, 185, uh, like nine and a half inch hand already in 10th grade. And like, like he's got all the, all the good stuff. So, uh, just really, really, really impressive. And then that sucker leaves and goes to the left coast commit wise. Now, if UFC is smart, you know, it might be, we might have to call up matter day. I turn to coast and say, Hey, look, you got a spot for a quarterback. Might need to move him. Might need to pick up the phone, get mom and dad a job, or whatever we got to do. <laughs> you better get, you better get him out of that area, okay? Yeah. So Carrollton, Georgia, you know where that's located? It's near Atlanta, right? Man, that's right across the. That's right across from Calhoun County, Alabama. That's right. It's oh, like thirty no, minutes from Aniston on okay. I twenty. It okay, is. it's on I twenty, right on the other side of the Georgia state line. Unbelievable facilities, right? Um, Trevor Lawrence is high school coach. Is a high school coach there now? Um, just. Really, really good area, but you, you're in a – man, that's that's in the hot spot right there. There's going to be – because I know Kirby Smart will never go by there anymore. Oh, no. Nick Saban won't. No. Hughes definitely not. He won't no. ever stop by. Absolutely not. No, nobody's going to see him. No. No. Josh Heupel, nah. Oh, no, no, no. No, he wouldn't think of it. We wouldn't ever think of stopping by. Lane won't stop by. No. Lane said, nah. Nah, well, He not? actually might not. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Uh, no, but he uh, – just the kid's going to get – pounded in the area he's located in and if they change that's the thing is if they can change the law of georgia like as good as georgia recruits people don't realize this they really don't they do recruit in state but they don't that's one state a lot of kids leave from <laughs> let them get this rule passed in georgia and, and you think they're a problem now wait till you wait till you see them if they get all the georgia this law passed in georgia so that law but it's, it would allow them to pay him but it would depend on when the the date was like Right, so you could. They have, Williams, they have time. Williams Nawari couldn't can't get paid until it's either as soon as he can sign it's a either, grand aid. It's either next week or it's September first. I'll and look I, at the I, date. and I don't remember. It doesn't I matter. At it, I mean, but, next week is the end of August, obviously. Yeah, I think it's. I don't know. I'll look it up. I'll let you know. Next it's time. either next Monday or Thursday. But if you look at like the state laws, this is interesting. There's there's a website I, I should have 
in a little more prepared for this one, but there's a website you can go to. It shows you kind of the colors of the state laws, you know, like green, yellow, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. The Southeastern Conference footprint is in the some of the most strict NIL laws for um, high school kids. But once, if you look at it, it's like all red in Florida, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, you know, Tennessee's freed it up. Louisiana's freed it up. Georgia's trying to. Um, it's just a matter of time because once, if Georgia gets this passed, there's no way that Alabama's not going to get it passed. There's no way that Mississippi's not going to fall behind. You know what I'm saying? Like, so will that lead to more Florida. kids staying in sa- inside their states? I think in the SEC it will because it's money-driven, right? And sure. if you can start getting money nine months ahead of your normal time, you going to get it? Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, it's going to be – it'll be wild. It'll be a new era of NIL in the, in the Southeastern I, Conference. I do look forward to the first kid that takes the nine months early money <laughs> and then bolts. Bad day for the collective, boss. Uh, it's a bad day for the collective and probably a day that everybody needs to move. Yeah. Like – For the record, I'm not for it. For the record. The early payment? No, not for it. Why? Um, I think it's – I'm a big believer in be where your feet are. I've seen it happen too many times. Not saying it will happen with this kid or anybody else. I've seen it happen too many times with really good players that's juniors or that commit early and they realize they think they've made it and they don't do don't remember what it took to get there. Yeah. And they stop working and they actually go backwards as a senior as opposed to continue to develop. I think it's somewhat inevitable for some of these guys that are like this. Again, it might not be this kid. I, I, I don't. I've spent no time with Juju. Have no idea. You can spend it though, but you know, like if you've you're already getting paid and you already sort of know your destination, you it would be some temptation to be like, "Hey, I'm not going to go risk getting hit as a as a senior. I'll just yeah, I'll, they'll start sitting out. I'll just get in the gym. I'll go work with my quarterback coach. That will happen. I mean, it will a hundred percent. That yeah, will happen. That's coming. Now it will be somebody like it had to be a quarterback though, because mm-hmm. that's the only one that's going to get real money. Yeah. That early. So, all right. I'm going to spend about two minutes on this. I know you don't want to spend any, but I have to because I just. Yeah, for some reason, this story does not resonate with me at all. And I won't, I'm going, it it resonates if you look at that last line. That's why it resonates with me. All right. So, unless you've been under a rock, we talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, Harbaugh um, at Michigan, they had uh, recruiting issues and with COVID. Uh, they went to the Committee of Infraction. They kind of both agreed on a four-game suspension. The Committee of Infractions from the NCAA says, no, that's not. we're not accepting your four-game suspension. And so we left last week. We talked about this last week thinking, oh, he's just going to go into the 24 and let her ride. Well, he comes out yesterday and says, we're going to self-impose a three-game suspension. And you can take that however you want to do it. So they're going to self-impose. Even though the Committee of Infractions did not accept their four-game suspension, they're not going to accept this. They're not going to accept it. He's just going to self-impose himself with a three-game suspension. And you can take this a myriad of different ways. Um, I kind of took this as when the Committee of Infractions did not take his four-game suspension, they're viewing this as level one violations, and I had this this weird feeling they're going to try to hammer him in the offseason. Um. Meaning like show causes yes. and stuff? Okay. Because they're, they're, they're deeming them level one violations, not necessarily what he did, but that he was misleading to the NCAA or lied to the and NCAA. And the primary thing that he did, correct me if I'm wrong, is allegedly brought recruits to Ann Arbor during the COVID pandemic period. stuff. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Okay. 
All right, so I'm Team Harbaugh here. I am too. I, I it really. Um, I mean, I really don't care if they brought 300 kids into the building and had ice cream parties. I mean, the kids were fine. It was stupid. It was stupid. <laughs> we should have covered this a minute ago. It was just stupid. <laughs> Why we can't go back and go? You know what? Retroactively, it was really stupid. Forget it. Go, coach. Good luck. All right. <laughs> Here's the part that bothers me. Ohio State spent their <laughs> offseason getting ready for you. Good luck. We'll see how it goes. As a man who um, understands NCAA investigations, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> freaking dodging them like the play. I'm like, Superman. Here's what bothers me. The NCAA is the judge, the jury, and the executioner. Mm-hmm. You do not have a fair, a fair, it's not a fair process. Of course not. Um, but don't you think they've been rendered toothless? To, to, to some extent, but not, I don't think with a coat man, what we're talking about, like, with transfers. Rec- recruiting and, and stuff, but, but yeah. They're hammering with show causes right now, right? And, yeah. and I just think it'd be a travesty, okay? Here's basically what they're saying. You didn't snitch on yourself, so here's your show calls. Like, that's what they're going to do. It's just they're the judge, the jury, and the executioner, and that's bullshit. There's no other climate. I mean, this is America. Sure. This is not. I mean, this is supposed to be. You know, everybody is is innocent until proven guilty. What country are we living in, Neil? You don't want old me to man get, yelling at cloud. <laughs> you don't want me to get I started mean, on that question. Golly, it's like <laughs> you don't want that. No, it, it, it's, it's the whole thing's silly. Yeah, it's just silly. I'm just, it, it, it frustrates me that this will not go away, right? And in my opinion, which will buy you a cup of coffee the next time you drive through Anniston, Alabama, just ask for the Siski special. In my opinion, this stuff like this, you're going to take a guy like Harbaugh and you're going to try to make an example out of him. Well, Michigan, hey, I, if I was the NCAA, I'm just going to be your friend here because I, I like, there's some guys up there I really like. I, I think Charlie Baker, then you guys trying to do things right. Mm-hmm. It's the people who are not there anymore that, Screw! I almost said it. Screw this up for everybody. All right, but here's the problem. When you go and try to make an example out of Harbaugh, look, you better be NCAA. Better play nice with the Big Ten and SEC. Better play nice. Yeah, absolutely. Better play nice. Because they hold all the cards. Because they hold all the cards. Yeah. Don't go pissing off the Big Ten and SEC because you will not have an organization. Well, they ought to just accept Harbaugh's three-game suspension and say, okay, that'll do it. Serve your three games. And we're going to call it a day. Yeah. That would be the solution. He's going to miss three non-conference games. It's fine. There's got to be somebody that slept on a couch somewhere that they can go get. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's got to be something. Got to be somebody. All right. Check out Lance'sLock.com. Baseball's in the home stretch. Preseason has started. College football is almost here. If you need help handicapping games, Lance'sLock.com is the best value, has consistently won for nine straight documented years. Right now is the best price of the year. It's Lance'sLock.com. Com. All right. <clears throat> I had to bring this up. I thought this was very interesting. Have you seen the Memphis's uh, football ticket promotion? Well, I heard about it when I talked to you earlier today. Before that, I had not. <laughs> okay. I had not heard about it. So Memphis is offering <clears throat> sixty dollars tickets for their first game. It's a, it's a unique package that they're offering sixty dollars for the ticket to the Bethune Cookman game. Okay. But here's the trick: they're gambling. If Memphis wins. That means their next home game, which is against Navy, I think two weeks later. Okay. Completely free. You do not have to pay for a ticket. And okay. if they win that game, you get in the next one. Okay. Which is against Boise. And if you win that one, 
The next one's at home, I think, against Tulane. Okay. So I looked at this a couple different ways. So you kind of – I mean, if you want to get paid, and it's two things. If you want to build fan support, which is probably priority one, it's a, it's a gimmick. And if you keep winning – as your team wins, you get more people into the stadium. They play in the Liberty Bowl. It's cavernous. They're never going to sell it out. The only times they ever sell it out is against SEC teams. That's it. If Tennessee comes to town, they fill it up. If didn't they used to play Kentucky? No, that was Ole Miss played there some. Mississippi State played there some. <laughs> uh, you know those. If you get those teams in, you get pretty good crowds. If you get Tennessee in, you'll sell it out. We had a good crowd at Arkansas State when we played there. It used to be a rivalry back in the day. We okay. almost sold it out. Okay. But it's the point yeah. is, is it's difficult in, in today's – with their scheduling, it's difficult for them to fill it up. And then on the other hand, I guess, I don't know. that To me, it, the more I think about it, the more I think it's a pretty smart idea. I almost took it like the AD was betting, betting against his coach because you know they won't make money. It's like you're betting against yourself. I, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like it. I feel like you're betting against the coaches. And I got friends on the staff, so it pissed me off. That's yeah, I just think when you're at a place like that, you're obviously not in the SEC. You're not in the Big Ten. When you're at a place like that, you you because they want that money now. They do, but you they also want people in the stands. They're trying to build energy and support and stuff, and it's just hard to do at a place like that. The Memphises of the world are getting left behind in the in the new the new college football, and it's tough because they're way behind. They're in the American, which can't you know they're can't decide if they won't be power five or not. They get the good teams pick, then they got to pick up. And then, you know, it's just, they're kind of stuck in no man's land between group of five and power five. All right. You know what time it is? This is the time where we get to piss off every fan base in the country, in the sec. Actually, I was going to say, we're not doing national. We're not doing national. We're going to do the sec. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through the sec and the rain has been completely drank. So this is going to get fun. And we're going to, Basically make a case for boom or bust for each team and what you think is best case, worst case scenario um, and go through. And look, don't get your feelings hurt in here, all right? Or do. Or do. if it's you get, Just as long as you listen, you can be pissed. Just continue to tune in. All right, so how do you want to start this? You want to start east or west? I would go east. All right. I'll let you start them up. Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, best case is they, they win another national championship. Yeah, I think that's pretty easy on the best case. All right, worst case. Uh, worst case is... They lose to Tennessee. Um, maybe they get upset somewhere. That you know they they are replacing a quarterback who probably doesn't get as, enough credit for how good he was, Stetson Bennett. I mean, I'm looking at games that they could lose. I mean, I guess it's conceivable that they they could lose at Auburn. I don't think so. Um, I don't think they could lose to Florida. Um, I guess it's conceivable they could lose at home to Ole Miss, but I don't think so. The one that sticks out is is. At Tennessee, if Tennessee is as good as a lot of people think Tennessee might be, if Tennessee's healthy, that place can get pretty wild. So, I mean, I guess worst case, I mean, listen, here's the thing for Georgia. It's hard for me to come up with a scenario where they're not a playoff team. Even at 11-1, and one, they're going to the playoffs. They're a four seed, right? Yep. Um, but, yeah, so there's my answer. I think uh... – Pritch Law says in the chat, and I will agree with him, best case, obviously, they run the table, which they're more than capable of doing because of their schedule. Worst case for me is a 11-2 and two regular season that includes an SEC championship loss. Um, I don't see them losing more than one game, um, regular season game. Tennessee, I think, is the only team that can do that. 
I mean, Georgia's kind of got this, you know, which we talked about the other day, but Georgia's really, really good, and they've been recruiting really, really good. Exceptionally. Exceptionally, just yes. like everybody else. Um, and, look, I think Tennessee's the only one that they can lose regular season. And they could go and they could lose a SEC championship game. Uh, maybe, just depends on how the games look, I still say there's not no way a two-loss team gets in the playoffs this year in a four-team playoff. Uh, with the other teams and their and their path, but if any team can get there with two losses, I think it's Georgia. So I think their worst case scenario is eleven and two. And that includes a loss in the SEC championship game. All right, we'll go to Tennessee since we're talking about them next. Uh, Tennessee, I mean, best case, best case, they they take the big jump. They they yeah, win, there's only one place to go. They win the East. I mean, that's the best case. That's the the jump they go to. Now they their schedule is their schedule is difficult. They they have to go to Florida. You're higher on them than I am. We'll talk about that in a minute. They they get Texas A&M at home. They've got to go to Tuscaloosa a year after uh, finally beating Alabama in Knoxville. Uh, they've got to go to Lexington. You're going to laugh at me when I say this, but they got to go to Mizzou. And late in the season, who knows? I mean, Missouri's kind of one of those weird teams that could could have some momentum. I'm not laughing. They've got Georgia. So, I mean, worst case for them is – Three or four losses. I don't think that's completely out of the realm of possibility either. All right, where I'm at with Tennessee is I think best-case scenario with you, they make the jump. Um, that would require Milton to be phenomenal. I think, you know, I do not think they're as good at the around um, this year as they were around Hooker last year. Well, I can tell you talking to people around that program last year, they, they said, hey, we – they were excited where they were, but they knew that optically, they kind of felt like optically this season could end up looking like a step back, right? even when it wasn't, and they're super excited about 2024. Yeah. I think they've been recruiting great. Um, I think, like I said, best case, I think they run the table. They get a chance to go go play for it all. I think worst case, and I looked at this today, worst case for me is 9-3. and three. Oh. That's worst case. That's Alabama. That's losing to Georgia, Alabama, and probably Texas A and M. Yeah, see, I think I, I think they could lose one more. Yeah, I just yeah. don't. Maybe they lose a different game. Yeah. I just don't see them losing four games. Okay, I don't know why. I, mean, I, I don't think don't. they do either. But I, if we're doing worst case, you know, in a worst case realistic scenario, they could they could go eight and four. Yeah, I just, it is what it is. All right, we talk about Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky starts with Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, and Akron. So they're going to get three off the bat. Then they go to Vanderbilt. Should be four. They get Florida at home. I think that's five. I think they're five and zero oh when they go to Athens. Then they got to play. Uh, they play Georgia. They play Missouri at home. Tennessee at home. At Mississippi State, they do have Alabama on their schedule this year in Lexington. They go to um, South Carolina and then finish at Louisville. The problem for them is their schedule's really backloaded. Like you can make some hay early and feel good about yourself, and maybe you create some momentum, but a lot of times that ends up tricking you a little bit, and you start thinking, "Hey, we're better than we th you you think you're better than you actually are," and then the L's come, and that middle of the season for them, that streak of uh, Georgia, Missouri, Tennessee, at Mississippi State, Alabama, that's. At South Carolina, that's hard. Their last seven games, there aren't a lot of freebies in that. No. Um, I guess Missouri at home, they would be favored. They would be 
They would be the underdog, a considerable underdog at Georgia. Um, probably at home against Tennessee, probably at Mississippi State. They have not fared well at all on the road against SEC West teams. Uh, they'll be a, 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 There's one of those stats I like. They'll be a, a home home dog to Bama, a considerable home dog to Alabama, and then they'll be a, a dog on the road at South Carolina and probably at Louisville as well. All right. Um, best start with best case. I'm I'm a really big believer um, in Kentucky. I, I think they're going to be good. I like Liam Cohen. I, I think people keep looking at last year and go, oh, well, you had Will Levis and you didn't do all this and all that. Well, Liam Cohen, well, that was the year he was gone. He's back, the offensive coordinator. And you got Leary back from NC State. Leary was a dude now. I mean, the guy was undefeated at NC State before he transferred. I'm a believer in Liam Cohen. I, I think they go best case scenario, I'd say nine and three. Um, okay. You know, worst case, you put around a six and six mark. You know, I think that's where when we say worst, key, worst, you're going to get in a situation, especially in the West, which we'll get to, where you're going to have a really good team. That, it's, it's inevitable. That somebody's got to lose. Yeah, someone's got to finish last. Like teams are not indicative of their record this year, in my opinion. I agree. And so, I mean, worse, they end up down to the bottom round six and six. I don't. I think they would finish ahead of Vanderbilt, regardless in the worst case. All right, so South Carolina opens uh, in Charlotte next Saturday against North Carolina. Then they get for Furman. They have to go to Georgia. Mississippi State's at home, at Tennessee, Florida at home, at Missouri, at Texas A&M. You get uh, your guy Rich Rod on November the 4th. Loss. Then they get uh, Vanderbilt at home, uh, Kentucky at home, Clemson at home. See, every time I think to myself, you know, I'm kind of high on South Carolina because I like the way they finished. They finished with so much. They finished like you know the, the fury last year. They were they were fun to watch. They were one of the most fun teams to watch at the end of the season. But that doesn't necessarily carry over. And then you get North Carolina right out of the bat. If you don't win that game, you got Georgia in two weeks. Then you got a, a Mississippi State team that's coming in that's big physical difficult matchup then you got to go to Tennessee and then their worst case in my mind is kind of off the rails a little bit and, and and I think I think Beamer's got a lot of momentum with their program and they've got a lot of talent and I thought Rattler played really well in the second half of the season and they've done a really good job with their collective and recruiting in the portal and also high school guys they're a talented team but someone's got to lose some of these games I feel like <laughs> Larry Joe kind of hits it again in the, in the chat I feel like with Half of these teams go. Hey, the worst is six and six. The best they can go nine and three, and, and I and I really feel that. But I think the ceiling here is nine and three. Um, Shoot, he'd take that right now. Oh yeah, but then again, just like Kentucky, you're looking okay, six and six. But like, I think they're going. I said this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about them. Whatever three four weeks ago it was, South Carolina. I truly feel, regardless of what their record is is going in the right direction. Agreed. I think they're going to be a better football team this year than they were last year, even if the record doesn't indicate that because of their schedule. Um, you know, they beat Clemson finally last year. That's been a big, a big, you know, a big yeah. weight off their shoulders. Beat Tennessee. Well, Clemson's going to be better too, right? They beat, they beat Tennessee at home. Like, they won a couple of games last year that you, were, that you gave them. Like, no one, no one gave them a chance but the people inside their locker rooms. I mean, they're diehard fans. We're like, oh, go, you know. Playing Tennessee at home this week, you know, <laughs> and you and not only did they beat them, they beat their ass. Yeah, you know what I mean, like no, that's what I mean. They finished. I mean, even their bowl game, they lost to Notre Dame, but it was incredibly well played. I'm going to change it up here a little bit. I think South Carolina, at worst, 
finishes seven and five because Beamer's got a little bit of the freeze magic in him, right? He beats people that you're he's not supposed to beat. I think he finds a way to seven and five when I honestly feel they are a nine and three ish team and they continue to improve. I, I, I like South Carolina. All right, speaking of teams that are looking to improve, uh, Vanderbilt starts up on Saturday against Hawaii. Then they get Alabama A&M. They go to Wake, which is a key game for them. Key, key, key. Uh, Got to win them, boss. To uh, UNLV. Then they get uh, Kentucky at home, Missouri at home. They go to Florida. Uh, they get Georgia at home. They go to Ole Miss. They get Auburn at home. And they go to South Carolina and Tennessee to finish it out. Best case, in my mind, is 6-6. Six and six. That's best case. That's <laughs> safe. Worst case is another three and nine, zero oh and eight SEC slate where you just don't win a game and it's just impossible to get it going. And you're playing in a twenty-eight thousand seat stadium this year, and people start going, "Nah, it's just not possible," and 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 all of that stuff. I love Clark Lee, by the way. I mean, I don't need all the jokes about how we look alike, but I I'm a big fan of what what he's trying to do. I just think it's strapping young man Clark it, Lee yeah I mean, he's a handsome guy but it, it is uh I mean wow what a good looking guy this episode brought to you by the Biden administration 2024 <laughs> but it's just a hard job it's a brutal job I mean you're trying to find wins on that schedule I mean even if they get the first four right they, they let's say they get Hawaii Alabama A&M Wake and, and UNLV you're four and oh and who's next then it's Kentucky at home and you go okay well to get to to get to six you have to win that one there were literally be tens of people in those stands. And then there's Missouri at home. I mean, so for them, frankly, the path to six and zero is probably the path to six and six is probably six and zero. Let me ask you a crazy because after that, at Florida, Georgia at home, at Ole Miss, Auburn, South Carolina, Tennessee, come on. Let me ask you a crazy question. All right. If Vandy turned into like an SEC power, yeah. In this crazy world. Will they ever get the support and people in the stands? I mean, there's years they've had really good teams, and it's like, and no. they, they just don't. But no, you'd it's... figure in the town they would support them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I get it. They deserve it. As someone who basically spent his summer in Nashville, um, <laughs> there's a lot to do. There's a lot there, and not everybody there is Vanderbilt. In fact, everybody there is something other than Vanderbilt. Yeah. I just there's a lot of UT there. There's a lot of Alabama. A lot of Auburn. It may. I feel bad. Like you go, you'll watch a game. Like they'll be playing Georgia or Florida at this home game. And there's more people from the visiting team there. Yeah, Man, that's got to be a nightmare. Well, because it's a fun trip. Everybody wants to go yeah. spend the weekend in Nashville. I mean, imagine playing all your home games and just you're the visiting team in your own place. You know what I mean? That's just they deserve it. I wish the city would get behind them. Um, there's plenty of NIL money to go around. All right, here comes the Tyler Siski hot take. You guys are going to get to hear this. The Florida Gators, they open uh, next Thursday at Utah. Then they get McNeese. Then they get Tennessee at home, Charlotte at home. Dub, 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 dub. They go to Kentucky. Dub. They get Vander dub. Vanderbilt at home at South Carolina. Dub. Georgia uh, on in, in the neutral site. Uh, Arkansas at home. Uh, at LSU. At Missouri. Florida State in Gainesville to wrap it up. You want to hear my hot take? I mean, I've heard it before. Let the let the, let fine the people, people know. Here. In, yes, in Billy, I trust. In Billy, okay. I trust. All right, so let me ask this. Let me ask this. Let me get it out of the way. <laughs> all you coaches are kind of the same. In Billy, I trust. You all love each other. You defend each other. In you Billy, trust I trust. Each other. 
this is a even more personal. This is a friend. He is. How much of this is you cheering for Florida to break through, and how much of this is you honestly believing that the team that we saw in Las Vegas? But that's not the team. Was going to be lined up? Let me finish up, my though. sentence. How, that 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 team a year later is going to turn it around and win nine or ten games. Okay, let me address the Las Vegas Bowl first. All right. All right. Billy had a team of opt-outs and people that didn't make the trip. They did that. Oregon State was trying to make a point. They brought in – I mean, they were they were playing to win. And they did that. And they, they made did a that. point. Yeah, so, I don't, even, I don't count bowl games, especially the Las Vegas Bowl. I mean, literally, they flew in one night. I mean, the only bowl trip in America that lasted like 24 hours, right? Um, but all kidding aside, I think they're recruiting at a ridiculous rate, and there's nobody that can deny that. If you know anything about recruiting, they are crushing it. Yeah. All right. Uh, he is great at culture. He's had a year to change the culture. And if you look at the path, the same thing he did when he was at uh, at Louisiana, and you look at all the former guys that worked under Coach Saban in their second year and the jump they have because you have a year to get your culture in. Um, are they going to go win 11 games? No. But they're not. But people look. This is the the, the frustrating part of what, we, what I do now. And I really don't. I didn't like it last year, and I sure as hell don't like it this year. I hate people that are making assumptions of things based on last year. All right. In today's world of the portal and recruiting, there's no 25s. You can you can't make assumptions of how good a football team is going to be this year based on what they look like last year. I get it. More than any time ever in the history of football. And so it's never worked before. Why would it? Why would it be the case now? Because we're excited about football, and right. it's late August, and they don't play so, the games yet. Until they play the games, this is what we basically. Like. So we, everybody this has is, this is what we've done since the beginning of time. So everybody has their whack ass opinions. I can have my whack ass. George opinion. Washington wrote about this. I mean, he this is this has been going on forever. Did he chop down the cherry tree based on what the seeds did from the year before? I mean, he he picked he picked out. Uh, Delaware to beat William and Mary based on what had happened the season season earlier. This is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens. Yeah. All kidding aside, look, I I am uh, one of the only people outside of the football facility in Gainesville, Florida, that likes Graham Mertz. I like Graham Mertz. Have liked him since he was a freshman. I didn't like what he did, what they did schematically yeah. to him. But I think he's an arm talented guy. I think they will be better. And I'll go ahead and tell you, you can ride with me or you can't. But next Thursday night, yeah, next Thursday night, I yeah. cannot wait. I will have the rain flowing on Thursday. The Florida Gators will go to Utah and put the smack down on the Utah Utes. All right. On national TV, 7 p.m. ESPN. Well, they beat them last year. It's not exactly the no, hottest no, 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 take no. in the world. No, no, no. Everybody, it is because, hey, but look, people are starting to buy it because two weeks ago you could have got Florida at eight and a half. This morning she's down to four and a half. So the money is coming on the Gators. Everybody's like, Florida sucks. Florida sucks. But when they go write that check, they're going to they put it on the Florida line. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, know. Florida is going to get after Utah's ass next Okay. Week. All right. All right. There's my Florida Gators. What, uh, it, was, it was good is what I anticipated it would be. All right, one more uh, SEC uh, school, one more SEC uh, team to, to go through, and that is uh, our buddies at Missouri. Missouri. They uh, open next Thursday with South Dakota. They get Middle Tennessee, Kansas State at home, Memphis at home before they go to Vanderbilt to finish the month. Then in October, they get uh, LSU at home. I don't know what you're laughing at. Larry Joe in the chat. <laughs> LSU at home at Kentucky. They get Missouri at home. They got to go at Georgia. They get Texas, Tennessee at home, Florida at home, and they finish uh, on the day after Thanksgiving at Arkansas. 
Did you see Larry Joe in the chat? I haven't. Was- he says Florida versus Utah, Jorts versus Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. It's <laughs> very, very good, Larry Joe. Very good. All right, well, where are you at with Missouri? Uh, th- I think I'm going to surprise you here. I think this is a team that has a chance to be a big surprise. They kind of have a little bit. Agree. Of, they have. They're, they're really talented across the board. Now there's a big but, and that's they're not proven at quarterback. And if they get the same quarterback play that they got a year ago, it's not going to work. If they get improved quarterback play, I think they have a chance to surprise some people. I think that that Kansas State game last year turned out to be a bellwether game for them. I think it probably will be again this year. This year, it's it's in Columbia. Last year, they just got smoked in Manhattan. Rain, it was bad. And it turned out that Kansas State was a pretty good football team. Now, they'll be a pretty good football team this year, too, because I think they're one of the teams that could win the Big 12 if Texas falls apart. But that's that's an interesting game for them because they could, if they, let's say, gave them a win for kicks and giggles. Okay. Doing best case. That puts them at 1, 2, 3, 4, 4 and 0, going to Vanderbilt. That's a win. That puts them at 5 and 0 with LSU coming to town. Now, they're going to be prohibitive fav- underdogs against LSU. But it's a hard place to play, man. Hard place to play, and they would have a lot of momentum. They'd get interesting at that point. People would be paying attention to that game on October the 7th if it's LSU and, and Missouri in Columbia and Missouri's undefeated with the win over Kansas State. Contrary to proper popular <clears throat> belief in this league, the two hardest places to play in this league are Missouri and Arkansas as an opponent. Okay. I'll take your word this, for it. This trip is just – yeah, it's the trip. You know what I mean? It's just – it's it's tough. But, I mean, um, after that, I mean, you know, the, the, if the, the rest of their schedule, it has some moments in it. They get they get they they go to Kentucky. I think they could beat Kentucky. They get South Carolina at home. I think they could beat them. They're not going to beat Georgia. They're not going to beat Tennessee. But I think they could beat um, Florida at home, and I think they could win at, at Fayetteville. Yeah. That's typically a pretty close game. Look, I'm, I agree, I'm in agreement with you. I, is anybody else hating on your Missouri t- hot take? Um, you got any, any feedback, any, any haters? No, I mean, people just don't like Drinkwitz because they think he's kind of a nerd. That's that's kind gotcha. of the thing about him. I, and that's that's all well and I, good. I just I'm not sure what that. I'm not sure that's going to end up impacting them. This is probably a terrible it's a pod. Big, it's a big year for him. It's a terrible pod, but I pretty much agree with exactly what you said. I think it's depending on their quarterback play. I, I think that they can they can make some noise, and if they don't get good quarterback play, I, eh, he could get yeah, ugly. Well, but it's like with, that, with everybody. everybody okay, so right? speaking of quarterback play, we talked about it yesterday. We won't dive into it too much here, but it's the question mark that everyone's talking about with Alabama as we transition to the West. I mean, man, everybody's watching this game on September the 9th against Texas in Tuscaloosa. That's the game everybody's got circled. Then after that, it's uh, at South Florida, uh, Ole Miss at home, at Mississippi State, at Texas A&M, Arkansas at home, Tennessee at home, LSU at home, at Kentucky, Chattanooga at home, and then uh, they finish up at the Iron Bowl at Auburn this year. Um, I don't do this very often. I'm I'm doing it. Okay. Because, you know, here's the one thing where I'm different. If I'm wrong on something, you know what, I'll come back and say, well, hey, if Florida goes freaking 3-9, and nine, I'll be, hey, guys, y'all got me. I'll admit it. Nobody else is going to admit that. Well, it's just football. It's not like you said, hey, yeah. there's a deadly virus. That <laughs> You're on fire today. Yeah. That was Go good. Um. I'm changing my damn prediction. Okay. I'm changing it. I got so much heat yesterday on social media with me going off on all these haters. Mm -hmm. Screw all y'all. Alabama's going undefeated. Oh. Screw them all. All right, y'all want to play? Y'all want to be real? Because, hey, you know, Georgia, they're so stacked. They got this and that. But, hey, they're going to win the national championship because they're having quarterback problems, right? 
So today I got pissed off on social media because some of the some of the people that like to chirp on social media, I use that's why I don't check the stuff very much. So I went back and looked. Every every player that's on the team at Alabama this year, every one of them, were either a part of a number one or a number two recruiting class. Oh, no question. Okay, no so question. So they got players, There's lots of them, and we're like, oh, but they lost Bryce Young and they lost Will Anderson, dude. He's been doing this for fifteen years. Players have left the place. All right, good players. I don't know if you knew that or not. A couple first round quarterbacks have left before. They they seem to have a presence. They seem in the to NFL. be okay the yeah. next year. It's amazing how that works. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. They won a national championship with Jake Coker, and he didn't even start until like the fourth game of the year. People don't remember that. He actually came in the, when Ole Miss beat Tes- beat uh, Alabama in Tuscaloosa. He did not start that game. And what game was that, week three? It was early, yeah, because yeah. it was hot. God, week it was hot. three-ish? Mm-hmm. Okay. Didn't start to that to the next week. I mean, like, Jalen Hurts didn't start there. You follow what I'm saying? Like, sure. Tua didn't start. You know, there, there are things that they're, they're okay but they've been a part of a number one, number recruit, uh, number two recruiting class. Every player on the team. Oh, and by the way, they have the greatest coach that's ever put the whistle on around his neck. No question. Alabama undefeated. Y'all can kiss my ass. That's what I'm changing my prediction. So you've got Alabama winning the whole thing, or are we talking regular season? Uh, we're going to the playoffs, and then we'll see what happens in the playoffs. Okay. I want to see. I think it's going to be Alabama Georgia. I'm changing. I'm, I'll kick somebody out of the playoffs. I'm going Alabama Georgia make the playoffs. Well, that'll be a new thing. Yeah. Well, I, I'm Alabama, just Alabama Georgia. I'm tired of like the. Well, they're going to lose five games because they played close a couple close games last year, and Bryce Young's, you know, he's not there anymore, you know. But yeah, there's there's eighty five other dudes that are really good there, so screw them all. Well, again, like I said, it, it's if you're wrong, I'm wrong. It's, co- say, it's college football. It's college football. It, it'll be, be okay. I mean, no one holds anything against Anthony Fauci, and God knows he was wrong. <laughs> I mean, you, so what if you miss on Florida? Okay, be all right. Maybe I should. Maybe I should wear a mask every day of the team I'm wrong on. <laughs> well, that would get, be funny get as a, hell. Get a, get a logo mask? I would, I would be amused. Okay, I'll do that. All if right. I'm wrong, I'll, every team that I'm wrong on, I will wear a mask of their mask on the show for you. Okay, so here's the team that I'm really interested in. I want to get your thoughts. All right. Hugh Freeze, year one at Auburn. Yep. I covered Hugh Freeze, year one at Ole Miss in 2012. It's, to this date, one of the best coaching jobs I've ever witnessed. Best one I've ever been part of. Uh, it was it was brilliant. That team had no business winning seven games. They won six regular season. They beat Pittsburgh in the um, whatever they called the Birmingham Bowl back then. The Birmingham Bowl. Well, back then it was the Compass. It was the BBVA Compass Bowl. That's correct. To this day, my kid's favorite bowl game we've ever gone to. Okay. All right. So he did a great job. Uh, guys that had been on the team the year before that was – Auburn was bad last year. It was nothing like 2011 Ole Miss bad. But uh, – They'll listen to him in year one. The message will be fresh in year one. He's go- very good at motivating. He's very good at team building, program building. I'm I'm curious to see. He's, he's better at team building than he is program building from what I've seen because I've seen him build programs that fell off. I want to see what he does at Auburn, but he's very good at team building. They open with UMass at home, at Cal, Samford at home. Then it gets real. I mean, it gets real. Uh, at Texas A&M, Georgia at home, at LSU, Ole Miss at home, Mississippi State at home. I mean, that is a that is a stretch of five games that are – there's not a freebie in that group. Then they go to Vanderbilt, which by that point could be a little could be a little squirrely if it hasn't gone well. They go to Arkansas. Uh, then they finish at home against New Mexico State and Alabama. 
Here's the thing that's interesting is nobody talks about this. Worst case for them, and someone in the West has to lose these games, worst case for them is that they're that team. Best case for them is that they win some of those games, get some momentum, and he pulls off one of those upsets that he's kind of known for. Yeah, I'll say this. I'm going to stick with it. I think they will probably end up deciding the West because they're going to beat somebody they're not supposed to beat. That's just what he does. Um, Year one, they'll play hard. They'll be competitive in every single game. What's their record? I don't know, dude. Um, I mean, I could see, I could see best case eight and four ish maybe. And that's probably with winning a game or two that they're not supposed to. Um, he has done a great job flipping the roster with the portal and all that stuff. I've seen it. Um, He's a hell of a coach. He's a hell of a motivator. I'm, I'm, I'm want to watch it. I'm interested. I think he's going to do so a good job. So what's their ceiling? Because I think their ceiling's like seven and five. This, ceiling? This I would year. say, I'd say ceiling, and that's what I was saying. Maybe eight and four. Okay. But that's, but that's winning. That's, that's upsets that yeah. you're not supposed to do. Which he's going to do. Look, I'm telling you, you can write it down. If the safest bet on the planet this year. As a matter of fact, I may just do it to see what happens. But Every game they're an underdog, I'm just going to bet a money line on my own because he's going to beat somebody that he's a heavy underdog. He and he'll lose to somebody year. that nobody thought they'd lose to. Well, that he'll be a favorite, he does so that I won't too. bet those. Yeah. I won't bet those. He does that too. But he's gonna, he'll find a way to beat somebody. All right, go to Mississippi State. Uh, year one under Zach Arnett opens next Saturday against Southeastern Louisiana. Then they get Arizona at home, LSU at home before they go to the road uh, for the first time. They go to South Carolina. Then they get Alabama at home, Western Michigan at home. At Arkansas, October 21st. At Auburn, October 28th. Then they get Kentucky at home. At Texas A&M. Southern Miss at home. Circle that one. And uh, then they get uh, Ole Miss at home Thanksgiving night in the Egg Bowl. Um, I think they're going to be really good on defense. I love, which I've stated on this podcast many times, I love uh, Barbie, the new offensive coordinator. Barbie, I always pronounce his name wrong. Came from App State. He's really good. He's good at designing and scheming offenses based on what he has. He doesn't just say, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, he's going to take the best 11 and figure it out. He's a very good football coach. He's a star. Let's put it like this. He is a star. He's going. He won't be there very long. He's got an experienced quarterback. Different system, but experience is experience, right? Um, I don't know. I'm curious. I think they're going to be good on defense. If they can get it figured out quicker than most, I think they're going to be a. I think they're a solid team, man. I, yeah. I think they're more than solid. Um, they got pieces in place. I the what I want to see is early in the season. The Arizona game is going to be very telling for me because Arizona's okay. better. Yeah. Okay. It's not the same Arizona team. They just went out there and waxed because they were so much more athletic. Um, I want to see what they do against South Carolina out there. Yeah, because in my they're not an elite team in the league right. like most teams aren't. But they can be one of those teams in the middle that's going to, you know, beat sure. somebody they're not supposed to and, and get in the mix. I think they're a seven and five team. Yeah, I do too. I think that's what they you are. You know, like kind of like Auburn, maybe a ceiling eight and four if they're really good because their schedule's very difficult. Uh, and then they could be the six and they have the capability of being the bottom team too, you know, and it's just, but I think they're going to be a solid kind of the middle team. I think they're a six or seven win team looking, yeah. looking at their schedule. That's probably where I'm, I'd probably feel safe. All right, we'll stay inside the state, talk about Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss opens next Saturday at home against Mercer. Make sure somebody tell Chief Brody we're talking about Ole Miss, so he'll, he'll be excited. Then they uh, they go to Tulane, then come home to play Georgia Tech. Then they open league play in Tuscaloosa. Th- this stretch of games is fascinating. Uh, in Tuscaloosa, LSU goes to Ole Miss the week after that. 
Arkansas comes in the week after that. Then there's an open date. Then Ole Miss goes to Auburn, a game that I know you are excited about. Uh, <laughs> then Ole Miss comes home. They finish their season Ooh, with uh, Vanderbilt at home, Texas A and M at home, at Georgia, uh, Harvard of the South uh, on November the uh, 18th in Oxford, and then um, Harvard on the Bayou, I should say, and then uh, at Mississippi State for the that's uh, Monroe for all you new people. That's that's Neil's. Uh, all of Neil's NIL contributions are going towards the. Oh, uh, I give I give UL so much money. Every, all right. every year. Uh, best case, worst case, I think there's a wide range here. I do too. I think there's a huge range. Big, big, big range with them. I, I think uh, I've said it before. I think they can roll out eleven guys on offense that can give you problems. I think they can. They have enough ass to kick ass on offense. Quarterback's good. Running back's good. They got a couple of really good playmakers, uh, especially some young guys come along. Um, really big fan of the tight end, uh, Priest Corn. Think he's going to be a legit star in this league. Um, but I, I think they can roll out 11. I think that's, for me, about where it stops. Oh, 11, Not 11 players. wins. 11 I was players. Going, I was like, what? Depth is a major concern for me yeah. running the gamut of the league. Mm -hmm. Defensively, um, I like Pete a lot. I think he's one of the best teachers. Um, of the game to the kids. He does a really good job communicating what he wants. When you're switching systems, the one thing you have to look for, especially early in the season, is kids not fitting not fitting the run correctly, a busted coverage here and there and things yeah. like that. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a massive fan of their depth on defense. I think they got some players and spots. I think they're going to have a tough time stopping the run with size, guys going right downhill at them. Could be wrong, but that's what I think. The telling sign to me is um, – and the biggest thing, without scheme and players and all that stuff, for me, what's going to determine their season is how they deal with adversity. I don't think they're winning in Tuscaloosa. I don't think they're beating LSU. They have to rebound and be ready to play Arkansas because if they're not ready, when Arkansas comes in here, Rocket Sanders is going to have a repeat performance from last year. And then you're going to go into a bye week with a loss. You don't want to do that. Like, that more I think about it, that Arkansas game. It's huge. You got to win that game going into a bye week because you don't want to have two weeks of not being able to get that taste out of your mouth. You got to win that game. All right, you want my hot take, Ole Miss prediction? Yeah, they're either five and one or three and three at the turn. No I, I don't think four and two's on the menu. If you tell me that they beat either because, Alabama or LSU, I'll tell you that they they're up for Arkansas and get it done. If you tell me they lose both of those games with all these new players from all over the place, there's a reason that they're getting away from this. There's Culture. a reason because internally, and, and Kiffin to his credit has mentioned it. There's a reason they're getting away from it. It it it's too tumultuous. Alabama doesn't do this. Georgia doesn't do this. Brian Kelly's not doing this. They bring in a transfer here and there, but they have these established cultures where guys that have been in Tuscaloosa or Athens or Baton Rouge, been there for a long time, can look at a guy and go, here's how we do this. You don't you don't get to come here and change the rules. These are the rules. Yeah. No, right? I, can, I can definitely say, because that's the thing, like, I mean, it's just culture, man. I mean, because, and it's not, there's nothing that, and I will say this too, because the fans will, oh, well, Lane's, this is not a Lane problem. It's the, it's the, it's the mode of, the roster, the way it's built. You yeah. know what I'm saying? There's nothing. I mean, you got that many individuals basically on the team. You're trying to make individuals believe in one another in a very short period of time. Yeah. It's difficult for anybody. It's just a lot. It's a lot. And so, so yeah, I'm with you. But I'm with you. I, I, I think I, they're, I see, I like I think they're more talented than they were a year ago. Schedule's uh, harder. The schedule's a lot harder. Last year, the schedule tricked them a little bit because they, they even though the Kentucky game got hyped up, turns out Kentucky wasn't that great. You know, they, they, they beat Auburn. I thought it was a warning sign for them. I remember telling you this. 
that Auburn game was closer than a lot of people thought it would be. And in the fourth quarter, it kind of looked like, boy, if you give Auburn a little more time, I know it doesn't work like that. The game's 60 minutes. You don't get 68 It's a scoreboard minutes. business, Neil. It's a scoreboard business. But you see what I'm saying? There were some warning signs. Yeah. that, Like, man, I don't know. And sure enough, in the second half, that's what you saw was, you know, they trailed Vanderbilt at the half last year. There, there were some things that happened that I think we, we all. At the end of the day, dude, at the end of the day, it gets real. It's, we can boil it down to this. They have to handle it. If they want to be a successful football team, they have to handle adversity better than they did last year because last year was a shit show. All right. All right. Uh, oh. This is the, among interesting teams. This is the soap opera team. Texas A&M Aggies. I got to call Chase on this one. The Texas A&M Aggies, they open with New Mexico next Saturday. Then they go to Miami. Harvard on the Bayou comes there. I don't know who's making ULM schedule. They're getting a lot of money, but, boy, they're getting some L's. Um, <laughs> rough they, year, rough uh, there, year down in Monroe. They get Auburn at home. They play. Um, I guess the ski team need a new boat. I guess so. They play in uh, Arkansas, as they always do, in uh, Jerry World on September the 30th. Then they get to Alabama at home, at Tennessee, South Carolina at home, at Ole Miss, Mississippi State at home. Let the record show A&M never beats the Mississippi schools. Uh, Abilene Christian at home, and then they go to LSU. That is a – listen. I wish you'd have told them that when I was coaching Ole Miss. <laughs> here, here lately they don't. They, they, they're always blown away when they lose to Mississippi State. And they always act like so shocked. I'm like, you lose to them all the time. I, 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 don't, I don't get why this is so shocking to you guys I think anymore. they missed the memo when I was coaching at Ole Miss. <laughs> I think I'm over. Really? I think so. Well, you played Manziel. Well, then we came back. They beat our ass over here too. All right, so let's uh, let, let's talk about them real quick. Because um, here's the thing. the pre- Here's the deal. You talk about pressure. The pressure's on Jimbo. Do I'm, you think, though? Yeah, no question. I'm glad you saw I'm glad no you brought this up. Do you I, think so? I think he's got to win nine games. 70 million, cuz. They, they've got it. 70 million? They've got it. It's insane, but they've got it. 70 million. I'm just telling it's you. It's not that bad, coach. Like, you know, hand raised guy? I'm with you. Hey, you know, hand raised guy? But you and I know this. Okay, you, you know this. It's not it, that bad, guys. They don't play the games today. They and don't. so today, you're like, oh, you know, well, they lost four. But when the season rolls around and there's 100,000 people in your building and you lose and you lose because you did some of the stupid stuff that you've always done to lose games and the fans go, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. And it becomes this emotional thing. <laughs> it does. Oh, I've you, heard. You've heard. <laughs> I've heard that when fans get emotional, coaches get fired. I've heard that before. It turns out it's true. Yeah. But the difference is, this isn't a nineteen million dollar check. This is a set nineteen point one to be exact. This is a seventy million dollar check. If you know, you know. Um, all right. Yeah, I got to be hand raised guy here. One, I think they're going to be a lot better. Um, I'm going to keep saying it. This is like my other Florida take. I know Chase will be really excited about this. All right. I'm going to keep saying A and M is going to be good until they're good. They got the <laughs> roster's too good. I mean, dude, they got players just just running that off off the chain over yeah. there. I'm a big Petrino fan. Big Petrino fan. Always have been. I think he is an offensive genius. He is, in my opinion, which will buy you again, we'll buy you a cup of coffee the next time you drive through Anniston, Alabama, uh, for our new fans. And if you're, hey, if you're an Oxford resident, I live here in Oxford, I'll be happy to pay for it, uh, your cup of coffee. I think Petrino is a top five offensive mind um, in my generation. I'm, I respect the guy as a play caller, just in, in general. He's just, he's unbelievable. Um, I'm really excited to see him go to work with these guys. Um, he's he's legit. I think they're going to be good. Um, the game I'm interested in, really quick, is mm-hmm. uh, their game at home against Auburn early in the year. Because I think that's a yeah. chance for 
if A&M is, is the same A&M they were last year, it gives – Hughes got a little crack to make some noise early, right? They've got a two-game stretch. Auburn and then the game against uh, Arkansas in in And they got Arlington. Miami before that, right? Yeah. Miami's going to be better, even though yeah, people, people say that because they look at last year. Miami will be better. they okay. got players. Um, but I'm looking at those two games. Because but that if, Auburn if, game, right? That's what I want to see. If they've made the big jump, they'll handle Auburn and Arkansas. Yeah, if they go and then, you know, and like you said, going playing Arkansas and Jerry World, that's a game no matter what the records are. Yep. You can almost like throw it out the window. That game always seems to come down to the end. Arkansas typically plays that game really well. Yeah. Should have won it last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm a believer. I think they're going to be good. Okay. All right. Here's my team. I'm. I'm. This is the one I'm going to end up eating crow on. I can already. Well, t- I can already feel it. I'm so high on LSU. Just, I think it's all there. It's the, you could you could literally if a, here's the thing though about the West how many teams can you go can you take a hot take on people go man you're crazy pretty much all of them I mean you know what I mean like well like here's the thing like we're we're gonna finish up with LSU then we'll finish up with Arkansas and we're out there's in the West so far I mean is, is there a team that you're willing to go oh they're bad no no I mean I'm not saying that about Alabama I'm not saying that about Auburn I'm just not that it's talent on that team and it's Hugh and year one he'll and figure I just, it out I'm just telling you just telling you he'll I, figure it out I think Mississippi State's going to be solid I think Ole Miss like you said is is more talented than it was a year ago I think A&M I'm with you I think the odds are pretty high that this is the year that they put it together I'm not willing to go nine and three ten and two and I think it might get kind of weird what what makes it weird for you at A&M before you move on seven and five eight and four with some couple of close losses yeah, I, I just have to be hand-raised guy. I'll have to call Ross and like, Ross, it ain't that bad. It dog. won't be Ross. I know, but I'll have to just tell him, hey, man, it ain't that bad, It won't man. be Ross. $70 million. Ross will have as much say in that as you and I do. <laughs> I'll be like, man, it ain't that bad, man. All right, let's talk LSU. All right. LSU uh, opens, of course, the big game next Sunday that we'll all be watching. I, I can't wait for this one. Uh, LSU, Florida State, and Orlando. Uh, then they get Grambling at home at Mississippi State. They get Arkansas at home at Ole Miss to finish the month of September. They open October in Missouri. Then they get Auburn and Army back-to-back before an open date. And then in November, they finish uh, with at Alabama, Florida at home, Georgia State at home, Texas A&M at home. Uh, you like, want my opinion? Yeah. Worst case, this is an 11-1 and team. Best case, this team is in the playoff undefeated out of the West. Yeah. I, I, I think, think their game in Tuscaloosa is going to decide who goes to agree. Atlanta. I think worst case, I mean, best case, they're – they're in the playoff, right? Yeah, uh, I, I, I think I think that I think that LSU is undefeated when it goes to Tuscaloosa November the fourth. Yeah. Now I'll eat I'll eat the crow. Yeah, that's okay. If, I, if they lose two games, they they're lose. dude, they're good. Yeah. Um, the only issue that you can even say, and of course, everybody's got these hot takes. Well, I haven't seen them, and neither have you guys. The only thing that anybody can say is, oh man, you know the corners they got to replace the corners. We didn't know anything about that till Brian Kelly in his press conference said. We got our corners got to get better. That's literally the only thing of improvement you've heard. Yeah. Hey, newsflash. Guess what? I bet you they have a corner on the roster down there at LSU. You know they do. They always do. They've had a couple dudes play in the back. Mason Smith's back. Perkins is a year They'll older. Be all right. I think now that Will Anderson's out of the league, Perkins is the best defensive player in the league. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You and I can play corner for LSU if Perkins is, is coming off the edge because he's going to get home before the ball gets off. He's he's the freak of freaks. And Smith might be the best player on their defense. Yeah, he's the freak of freaks. And so I don't know. I, I'm I like LSU a lot. I'm with you. I think it's going to come down to a game or two. Um, at worst, what a two loss team at worst, best. Yeah, my, my opinion. All right, last one. Arkansas. Arkansas opens uh, next Saturday 
in uh, Little Rock, I think is where that game is, against Western Carolina. Then they go uh, home to Fayetteville. They get Kent State, BYU back-to-back before they hit a stretch of games. Whew. Listen to this stretch. I don't want to. So they'll start off 3-0. and Then they go to LSU. They get the A&M game we talked about in Arlington to finish the month of September. Yeah, neutral site. At Ole Miss, at Alabama, Mississippi State at home, weekend off. Then in the month of November, at Florida, home against Auburn, FIU at home, Missouri at home. The key for them, they, they, they kind of have a little interesting sandwich, right? Because the beginning of their schedule, those three games, I think they start 3-0. and They beat BYU and Provo. They'll, they'll probably beat them in Fayetteville. And they finish, I think they'll be favored against Auburn at home. I think they beat FIU at home. And they'll be favored against Missouri at home. It's what you do in the middle. Can you do anything at all in the middle against those teams? I, want, I feel good about their offense. Um, defensively, I know they've made improvements. I would like – I just want to see them. Um, but they – on paper, if you just look at it, you know, from a fan's perspective, you're like, okay, if you can get through the first half, man, you got a chance to get some things going. Look, I love Sam Pittman as a coach. He may be my favorite person to watch be interviewed or anything like that. Just for, he, Like, he's the guy – like if you said – now I know the other guys too, but he's the guy I don't have a personal relationship with that I would like to go drink a beer with. Like, he seems fun. Like I know people you should know call him. him. He probably would do probably it. Probably would do it. Yeah. yeah. Great. I mean, I I love the way he coaches, and I just I like their team. Um, big KJ Jefferson fan. Like him as a kid. He's not a kid anymore. I guess he's a grown ass man. But liked him a lot. The what kind of person he is. I'm pulling for him. Um, I think Sanders doesn't get some of the pub because of because of Judkins in the league, and Judkins yeah. is a terrific player at Ole Miss. But they're look, one two. Look, Sanders is a beast. Yeah, they're one two for sure. Um. I'd say ceiling for them is probably a ceiling, nine and three. Is that fair? Yeah. Well, I think Pittman would take that right now if you offered it. But that's ceiling. That's saying they, yeah, they and, run their back back half. And I think floor for them is five and seven. Yeah, they could be they could be the bottom dweller too if things don't go right. Injuries go wrong, you know. Yeah. You know, Rocket and KJ are out, you're in trouble. The interesting yeah, and you say that about anybody. Yeah. The interesting game for them, as it kind of always is, is that game against A and M in Arlington. Mm-hmm. Because if they win that, you know, they're four and one at that point. You go to Ole Miss. Ole Miss kind of becomes a free shot. You lose to Alabama. But then you could get on a roll at the end if you have some momentum. You know, again, Mississippi State at home is a game they could win. I th- I know you disagree. I think they could beat Florida and Gainesville. <laughs> and then Auburn, FIU, Missouri that we talked about, they're a team that could finish with momentum. So, yeah, sure. You heard it here first, Florida and Alabama in the SEC championship game. It's a joke. You're kidding. Okay. It's a joke. Um, yeah, so you've got you've got Georgia, Alabama in the SEC championship. Yep, game. I changed. I'll go. Uh, I'll stick with mine, even though I'm, I'm I'm I have a feeling I'm just dead wrong. I'll go LSU, Georgia in the SEC championship game. I get it. Um, here's the thing. I do want to say this. The thing that's going that's really hard is the only team that I go, hey, doesn't is not going to compete or have something to say about the title on both sides is Vanderbilt. I think Vandy's Vandy. Oh yeah, I agree. But the other 13 teams are going to have something to say. They're going to end up beating one of those upper. There's just so much parity. Yeah. And this year, it's and there are teams. I've been a part of some teams like this. They're, they're, this is a team, or this year, if you're one of those 13 other 13 teams, you can't worry about what happened last week. You have to focus on this week because you can beat the team you're going to play on Saturday. Yeah. But if you let last week's too high or too low, 
I mean, you talking about flushing it and going on the next play, the next game, this year is critical because, I mean, what team can Mississippi State not beat on their schedule? Like, not beat. You give them a zero out of zero percent chance. Uh, Bama. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's okay, yeah. there's 11 other games. LSU. LSU. You got you to gotta bring it. Well, yeah. they, you've, we've been there with them before, know, too, and they play it. them yeah. well, right? So, Well, if I'm going to go in on this LSU thing, I got to go all the way. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping I'm into the you. deep end. There's You're no reason to tiptoe. But you know what I'm well saying? Like, yeah. every team can go. Man, we can win Saturday. Sure. So, no, absolutely. That's all I got, boss. All right. We'll uh, be back with you on Thursday. We'll preview an actual slate of college games. On Not a great one, but hey, it's college football, and it's here. So we'll talk about that on Thursday. You know what Thursday's Thursday. going to be? A make it rain Thursday. Make it rain Thursday. we got to get some punishments out, too. Oh. we got to talk about that. Real quick before we go, because we're, we're cutting it right now. Yeah. Follow us on social media, McCready and Siski on Instagram, uh, on Twitter, and TikTok. Yeah. We're TikTok famous. Everything's on the screen. Everything's on the screen. And then uh, the direct messages are open on all of them. If you got a good punishment, we're going to put these things out. We're going to get four that Neil agrees to, including getting tased in the eyeballs. Not tased. And then, and then, <laughs> and then we're going to let you guys vote on them. Uh, and then we'll get those cranked out next week. Okay. There will be no tasing. We've been brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. For Tyler Siski, I'm Neil McCready. Talk to you again on Thursday. Take care.